welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode number 129 for Saturday the 1st of December 2018. I have a lot to tell you about this week because it's been packed since I recorded the last diary, so there won't be uh, any lack of news in this episode. The first thing I want to tell you about is, remember I was telling you I was doing author notes for my books? This was this idea I got from the 20 books people. And can't remember what made me do it. It was, it was probably that I didn't feel like writing. That was probably it. But on, um, I can't remember what day was it. Let me just grab my sheet of paper. I think it was Thursday, was it, when I sat down to do this? Yeah, on Thursday, I probably couldn't be bothered to write. And I thought, do you know what? I'm going to try dictating this directly into Google Drive. And on that day, I dictated three lots of author notes into Google Drive. And I got on really well with it. Now, it's not that accurate. You had to, I had to go back and I had to correct it. But actually, I, I did on that day, uh, how many words? 4,597 words. And I hadn't realized how many words I'd done. I just thought, oh, how many words I did today? And I just counted it up. And it was 4,597 words. And I thought, well, that was interesting because I don't feel like I've just written four and a half thousand words. Um, it was a very interesting experience. So I then had a conversation with my oldest child who's just got dragon dictation for university and he was telling me that he was doing these cooking in his sort of studio flat and dictating an essay he was getting on really well with it and this just happened to coincide with my little dictation exercise I thought well I've got dragon let's give it a try so on Saturday and Sunday I used dragon to dictate on on Saturday 4,340 words and I've literally just finished now 3,730 words so um, how many words is that it's what four four eight it's about 12,000 words something like that 12,000 something words over three days and I've managed to get nine sets of author notes done um, just via dictation. Now, when I wrote, when I hand wrote the author notes first time around, so I've already done the secret bunker. I was handwriting these. The the notes over the three books were two thousand eight hundred and thirteen, and then for the grid, it was three thousand nine hundred and fifty two. So I wrote more words in less time when I was dictating, and I found that very fascinating. So I got to tell you, I I kind of stumbled into this. It was accidental. I've had dragon software for more than a year I've bought the audio book of um I can't remember the chap's name the, the chap who does all the dragon stuff I'm sure I've got I can't find it but I'm sure it's on my shelf somewhere I'm sure I've got the dragon book on my shelf you know all sitting there ready to work, work through and yeah I just really by accident started doing a bit of dictation on, on Thursday and I've gone really well with it so I've got to tell you 2019 I am going to be pushing this dictation thing a little bit further. Now, um, I'm pretty well, I'm tying down my plans for 2019 now. I'm not going to discuss those in any detail with you until I record my kind of end of year, beginning of year diaries, because again, the jury is still out on a couple of things now. I'm still just um, reconsidering a couple of things, but I think I'm going to very proactively build dictation into my strategy for next year but I will confirm that when I record at the end of the year I always do a kind of 
we're in quarter four now. I'll do a quarter four kind of review and a quarter one review, and I'll I'll review my goals from 2018, see what we hit, what we missed, and I'll also uh, do an over all preview of 2019 and those are the episodes that i'm going to record so that you can listen to those while i'm in spain so i'll keep my powder dry on that but dictation is getting built into my targets for 2019 i was very inspired by that and i I printed out a little cheat sheet because i think really when i tried dragon before i just used the commands which are basically full stop new paragraph whereas this time I, I got a little bit more ambitious. I was using delete that, scratch that, spelling options and capitalization options. I just sort of ramped it up only a little bit to the next level. And the accuracy and the amount of correction required at the end was hugely reduced just with a couple of extra, just learning a couple of extra commands. Um, so yeah, I'm really interested in that. And uh, you'll be hearing more about me and dictation, I'm sure in 2019. So those author notes are now completed. Um, I've, I've got notes now for all 15 books that I've written. And what's going to happen next with these is that my wife is just going to go through them and read them. Um, I actually decided to buy Pro Writing Aid. Uh, it was on a, was it Black Friday? Yeah, it was a Black Friday offer last week. And it was really cheap. And I've had Pro Writing Aid before. And just like Dragon Dictation, the thing with Pro Writing Aid is quite complicated. And I thought, you know, this would be really handy if I've got something that can allow me to release work or check work, you know, faster and, and have more confidence in it. So I thought it's so cheap that I'm going to buy that and I'm going to actually read the instructions this time and learn how to use it properly because I know it's a pretty powerful piece of software. Um, so I'll probably run it through Pro Writing Aid and then learn a bit more about pro writing aid as a consequence of that and then i will add it to my vellum files remember as part of this marketing work i've done i've now got all of my books in vellum so i can dynamically update them and by dynamically i just mean really easily without any fuss so i will create versions with these author notes in them and then i can very easily replace the files in kobo in kindle in all the other outlets with those updated vellum files and you know this is what the summer has been about it's been about creating systems like this refining my processes just really trying to deploy all the best practice stuff that i've learned um, and then systemizing it so that as I go forwards now, I can reflect that best practice that I've learned and I can also apply it retrospectively with books that I've written. And uh, although I'm kind of now I'm planning, I'm really, boy, really sort of super focusing on quarter one in 2019 now and tying those plans down. I am getting sort of really itchy fingers about, about writing again now. Um, I can't tell you how valuable this non-writing time has been for me. I'm so pleased that I did it. And as I look to my left, and I'll share this with you when I do my review for quarter four. So look at my list of marketing tasks now. You know, everything's going to be done by Christmas. All these things I wanted to do are going to be done by Christmas. Now, that doesn't mean that marketing is not an ongoing issue. It is. But it just means that I've leveled up the whole of my business and then as I because I'm going to be writing fast and furious next year uh, I'm going to be banging the books out again next year it just means that I hit the ground running with a system that I can replicate and uh, you know just keep um it's what I call rinse and repeat now I've got my system it's just rinse and repeat every time and obviously you will evolve that because as you learn new good practice you'll apply that to your books as well but because they're all in vellum 
I could do all of this really, really easily now. I've got all my files in the right place, all my source files and everything. I'm completely organized now. So it's been a bit strange for me not writing over this six months. And I am always thinking, well, I could have had two books done in that time. But I think it's been really valuable time. I certainly don't regret it. And I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And I'm really, really itching to get writing again now. After what seems an eternity this weekend... I start my author edit of So Many Lies. Now, this is a really strange experience because I wrote that book or I finished that book. I think it was, it must have been the end of June or July. So it was around the summer holidays, wasn't it? Yeah, it must have been end of July. And uh, my wife's reviewed it for me, but I have done nothing with it. It's just been sitting there um, unloved since July. And there was not a lot of point me doing any work on it because I couldn't afford the edit on it at the time. And... It just had to sit there. There's nothing I could do with it. And in fact, now I've already alluded to this in previous diaries. This is, again, part of my 2019 plan to be confirmed. But so many lies might not see the light of day as a published book until maybe as late as August in 2019, particularly if I go for this rapid release strategy with the thrillers. I start to do my edit of so many lies on Sunday and I will be splitting it over I think it's about six sessions you know I struggle with editing I don't really enjoy editing and I've just found out through experience that if I split the editing into small really small manageable bite-sized chunks I can keep my attention on it that might the problem with the way my mind is wired is I love to do the creative stuff I hate to do the messing around and the minutiae you know the working on the sentences and spellings and rewriting stuff I, I frankly would rather just sign that over and let somebody do that for me um and you know so that's an Achilles heel as an author um but I but I have to do it so this will be my thorough sweep of the book um and that puts it in a, a good enough shape then for me to send for editing um you know you don't want to send a pile of pants to an editor you want to make it as tidy as you can so it will be as tidy as I can make it on that kind of first pass it will then go to an editor sometime in the new year it will come back to me I will work through all of those edits and we'll kind of make sure that that book is as good as it can be and um, then it will sort of be ready for publication the other thing I start to do so between now and Christmas I've scheduled six sessions to edit so many lies and in each session I will edit uh, three chapters so I got a day to edit three chapters which keeps me fresh and, and focused on, on the work that I'm doing so I'm also going to be uh, beginning to sketch out my books uh, for 2019 during that time and again uh, I this wasn't a Black Friday offer actually but I, I bought another product this week and um, if you remember, I was talking to John Evans a couple of weeks ago on this podcast, and I can't remember whether we, whether we discussed it actually on the, the interview that you heard or whether we discussed it off air. But John mentioned that he's planning to collaborate with his brother. He mentioned that he's using the Story Shop uh, app. And you'll know that I like to plan my books in the Novel Factory. Now, I used to have a subscription to the Story Shop, and it was only $99 for the year. And I can't remember, I, I just... I don't think I was in the right place to use it at that time. But because I'm going away to Spain in three weeks' time, and I'm going to be away for three weeks, I will take a, a laptop with me. I'll, it'll be a very lightweight laptop. It's my Chromebook, actually, which I love using. Very good for travel. But it, it did occur to me that it'd be quite handy if I could start, or I could be writing notes you know, on the beach or in cafes and things in the sunshine. 
for these books um, and, and make that um, productive time. So although I'm not going to be writing, I'm very happy to, to plan it, to plan the books. So I, I've bought Story Shop again, uh, sort of based on that conversation with John. And that was just $99 for a year, which is a, you know, as a business expense, as a neither here nor there business expense. And the other thing I did is I went back to the Novel Factory online. So you see, I use the Novel Factory. Um, I prefer the downloadable version. Now, I hadn't realized that the the web version of Novel Factory, I think I first trialed in 2016. And at that time, so that's two years ago, it wasn't quite right for me. I decided to stick with the, the desktop version. So I've taken a month's trial of the Novel Factory. I've upgraded the Story Shop again, and I'm going to have a little play with them in between now and Christmas and decide which cloud-based version I'm going to use. And and then I'm going to do my planning in one of those apps this time, so that I could work on the road. Uh, the problem with using a you know a Chromebook on a book and the, and the novel factory downloadable software is um, I have it obviously I have it in um, Dropbox, um, but my Chromebook is really lightweight and you can't run softwares and things on a Chromebook. So um, I did think maybe it's time for me to start putting all this stuff in the cloud rather than having it as sort of files on the hard drive. So I'm going to use that. Um, I've, you know, I've got five books to start outlining um, the next five books that I'm going to write. So uh, because the, the four of them are going to be in a series, one's going to be a standalone. So I thought this is a really good opportunity, again, for me to to try some new kit and decide which one I'm, I'm going to start to use. Um, so I'll, I'll let you know with that. Um, I haven't started using them yet other than setting them up and opening the accounts, basically. I have another update for you about my Secret Bunker musical dramatization exercise that Simon Magus is working on. So Simon, just to refresh your memories, went to visit Scotland's Secret Bunker just as a tourist. He found my books, bought one of them. It's exactly his kind of sci-fi. He loves that sort of thing. Same influences as me. Um, went on to buy the other two and it's inspired him to create some music and sounds um, around those books. And he's intending, so he's creating the sort of the music and soundscapes at the moment. And then he's intending to get actors to voice up sections uh, of the stories. Now, if you, uh, I don't know how far you go back of what your musical tastes are, but if you can remember the old Flash Gordon film for which Queen did the music, and if you ever listened to that album, um, what Queen did, because they provided the backing music, they felt that if they just released that as an album, it didn't really make sense. So what they did is they took extracts from the film, vocal extracts from the film, and they tied it together with the music. And the best way I could describe this project that Simon's doing is if you if you know that Queen album and you could imagine it like that, a mixture of um, not, not the whole um, film, vocal elements from the film which kind of toy tie the thrust of the story together that's kind of what I'm imagining this project to be like so at the moment you're getting these lovely soundscapes and then as I'm listening to them I'm imagining words and, and conversations and plot drivers um, which will be voiced by actors stitching those all together and I'm getting really excited about it now because again you kind of got to know that Flash Gordon album to know exactly what I mean but um, if, if I if I end up with something like that at the end of this it's going to be extremely exciting and one of the one of the musical sequences that Simon's just sent me is um, is when, and I've, you know, I haven't read these books for a while, and it was just reminding me about them. There's a scene in the books when um, a load of satellites that, that are circling the Earth um, link up. They all suddenly link up, and they start to fire um, beams and then shards 
down onto the Earth's surface and they begin to terraform the surface of the Earth. Now, if you hate sci-fi, you'll just think, you know, what's he talking about? The man's gone mad. But if you love your sci-fi, you'll know what I'm talking about with terraforming and all this stuff. And it was just reminding me of that scene. And when I when I wrote those scenes in the book, I was thinking cinematically and listening to Simon's music and the way he's portrayed that. Um, uh, portrayed that? Did I say betrayed that? Portrayed that is what I meant to say. Um I was just imagining this as a film and thinking, oh, I hope they make a film of Secret Bug one day. <laughs> I hope I end up writing some great book and everybody suddenly takes interest in my books because um, The Secret Bunker is so cinematic, uh, it's not true. And um, it would just make a brilliant uh, film. And, and I don't mean, you know, sort of cheapo effects and things. It needs decent effects. But it was the canvas of the secret bunker is on such a broad scale, the stuff that happens in space. I could just imagine it with a load of great special effects with Simon's music. And I was getting very excited about it. You could probably hear by me speaking of this diary today. So, you know, I'm um, again, you know, I, I know that might not be a thing. Sci-fi might not be a thing. And that kind of synth music might not be a thing, but it definitely is mine. And, um, you know, we're, we're singing from the same hymn sheet with what, um, Simon is producing for this. And, uh, I, you know, I can't wait to be able to hear it with actors' voices on it so that the drama of the thing starts to evolve as well. So again, you know, that's an ongoing project. I'll let you know how it goes. And as soon as I get a little bit of, kind of audio drama extract I'll share that uh, with you so you can have a listen as well I um I, as I said to you I, I'm not going to give you too much detail about this but I am now planning my diary and organizing myself for when I get back from Spain and I can tell you that I will be writing again from the 24th of January 2019 and when I say that I mean that feels really quite late it feels like it's still a long time but Obviously, I got to plan the books next and I start work on that at the weekend or this weekend. Um, and I know that because I've planned it all out, I've actually got to my side here. Don't laugh at me and my over-organization. But in my, my weekly planning sheets, I've got planning sheets printed with penciled in markings until July 2019. And, and you know, the simple reason for that is, is I want to get two, I want to get a book done per quarter next year. And uh, I have to know that I could do that and have sufficient time for breaks and for editing. So what gets scheduled gets done. You know, that's my catchphrase for Robin Sharma. Um, so I schedule ahead and in each quarter I work out that with work days and other commitments and holidays and things like that, I always like to work out well ahead of time that there are enough days to write a book. Now, uh, in this in quarter one of 2019, it's going to be a 75,000 word book. It won't be a 90,000 worder because I can't fit it in that time. I also want to try writing 75,000 worders. I mean, the simple fact is, is that when you write to 50,000 words, you can sell a book at full price. So there's not an awful lot of point from a sales point of view, you know, of writing a book that's 100,000 words or 90,000 words as I've done, you know, or, or more than that. Um, you, once you hit a critical mass in book length, you can sell it for a certain price and make your money from it. Um, so I've, I've never written to actually 75,000 before, but I actually want to do that as an exercise because 75,000 feels to me like a length of book where the reader gets good value for their 399 or whatever it is you sell it for 499 in the states perhaps that's a good price for a 75,000 word book but it's not quite as long 
as a 90,000 worder so I can do it in less time with more sort of buffer time at the end of the books. If I write a 75,000 word book in a quarter, it gives me a couple of weeks between books then to to think about the next one it's 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 the pacing's better for me if i'm not writing 90,000 worders so I, i'm going to try a 70,000 worder but i will if i start writing on the 24th of january that will be written by the end of march uh quarter one so um there's the date uh, i might start earlier than that but the latest date at which i'm writing 24th of january 2019 and you'll get those regular weekly updates from that point about my writing progress on um monday I recorded an interview with John Hindmarsh. It's a take-two interview. I was delighted to be able to meet John in person at 20 Books London earlier this year. We got some photographs together, I think. I have to dig out those photographs, actually. I must have got on with John um, so I can share that on social media. But uh, John also went to 20 Books Vegas. So I've been asking him about 20 Books Vegas. And um, also, he's experienced... He's a 79-year-old author. But John has had some really, really challenging and frankly life-threatening health difficulties since we recorded our first interview and I'm going to catch up with him uh, on that and find out what motivates him to write because he's certainly a, a gentleman with this real sense of wanting to get something done while he's dealing with these quite horrible uh, health difficulties. So John Hindmarsh uh, recorded on Monday. Uh, you'll hear the full interview, the full uh, audio of the interview that will be coming up before Christmas. I think it's currently scheduled in, he says, uh, for Monday the 17th of December. So just before Christmas, that will run. I just wanted to remind you that uh, every guest that I've been recording, and this will be the case up to, up until Christmas, and then this will stop in the new year, but um, I've been recording extra questions with my interview guests for the Patreon account. But I just wanted to remind you that um, Patreon supporters get three weeks early access to those. But if you go to my Patreon account at patreon.com forward slash Paul Teague, You'll find now that there are several of those interviews free. They're not just Patreon only. You can actually just go to that page and you will be able to access them without becoming a patron. Patron. Yeah, a patron on Patreon. Trying to get the words right there. Yeah. So you'll be able to access them on Patreon without becoming a patron. So head to patreon.com forward slash Paul Teague. And um, I can't remember how many are there now, but it must be three or four by now. And there's a new one every week. So uh, there's one being made free every week. So I'm just giving uh, Patreons, they're just getting three weeks early access to those, but they do become free three weeks after their initial release. So there's quite a little collection there now if you want to access some extra listening. My book funnel promos begin on Monday the 3rd of December both of them are now full at the time of recording this so I got 30 entries for my crime and thrillers 30 entries for my sci-fi and they are all genre specific without a six-pack in sight you'll be pleased to hear so uh, they're running for a couple of weeks I've never done promos hosted on book funnel before I'm really interested to see how they go and of course I let you know in next week's diary how many leads I've been adding to my lists as a result of being or running those giveaways I've taken part in book funnel giveaways before but I haven't run one before so I'm really interested to see how they work out for me particularly as I used to host my own on my own WordPress sites I'm really interested to compare and contrast the experience there one last thing to tell you about on this diary. I mentioned last week that I'd been listening to Kirsten Oliphant's uh, podcast episode. She was talking about doing promos for writers. 
and I put the link on last week's show notes because it was an excellent episode. One of the things that Kirsten mentioned there is that she'd used, um, when she was listing the kind of promo sites that she gets on very well with, she mentioned obviously that BookBub you try and get, but it's it, it's too expensive for many people and also you don't always get one. And she, she listed some of the sites that she'd used and she mentioned e-reader news today, which I've never used before, ENT as people call it. So e-reader news today. And um, I just thought, I'm going to give that a go. So I just want to try it as I had never tried it before. And she she thought it was good. So I have submitted to e-reader news today. I've put Don't Tell Meg on a free promo on it. And it cost me uh, £32. It was $40. It was about £32. And that promo is on Tuesday, the 4th of December. So again, I'll let you know how that went. I've never used um, that before. 40 quid is a good amount. But one of the things Kirsten was saying in that podcast episode was that, you know, without a book bub, she had just been using the usual promo sites, you know, the ones that we could all afford, the free books is, the e-reader news is today's. I've got a list up here. What, uh, what, what are the other ones? I can't remember. Oh, the Fussy Librarian is a good one that I've used. That goes quite well. You know, just all the all the usual suspects. And she was explaining in that podcast episode how she'd managed to make, you know, three, three and a half thousand dollars just promoting through lists like that rather than BookBub. And it did make me think and reflect that I shouldn't become obsessed with the BookBubs. I can actually drive traffic and make money in between. And that's why I jumped on this e-reader news today thinking, yeah, let's try this, see how it goes. And then again, in the new year, um, I, I need to sort of think carefully about a cycle of promotions, which of course, I want to get my trilogies in, the Secret Bunker trilogy. I haven't succeeded in getting that into a book bub yet. I'm going to be like a dog with a bone with that until it does go in. The Grid and, and the Don't Tell Meg trilogy, those trilogies uh, uh, for me are on, now on a rolling program of trying to get them into book bubs. Now I know that book bubs work, but I need to forget, I need to remember as an author that there are many other promo sites available. And Kirsten was talking about generating income of, of three, three and a half thousand dollars just from using those smaller, more affordable sites. It just made me think it's not all about BookPub, Paul. There are other sites that can achieve these goals for you. A quick mention of Twitter before I finish this week's diary. Um, Tim Lewis has um, tweeted me as ever. It's interesting to see. It's always interesting to follow Tim's adventures. Um, Tim was listening to my diary near the Christmas aisle in Sainsbury's. And I got to tell you, I'm actually ready for Christmas now. I don't mind the Christmas music. I don't mind the crackers and the boxes of chocolates. It, it turned cold now and I'm in the mood for Christmas. It's a, it's a suitable time to be doing all of this. So uh, Tim was obviously getting into a Christmas seasonal mood, hovering around the mince pies, the twiglets, and all the uh, Christmas crackers at Sainsbury's, uh, wherever it is that he lives uh, in the sort of environs of London, I think it is. So that's it for this week. My guest on Monday is Alyssa Grosso. Now, Alyssa, I've been recommending her podcast to you, the awkward author for the past couple of weeks, because it's something I've tuned into since we did the interview. I hadn't realized she did a podcast and I'm really enjoying that podcast. So that comes highly recommended, but you can hear from the author herself on Monday. Now, Alyssa was previously traditionally published. Wait till we hear her talk about her earnings as a traditional author. And she's now gone self-published. She's an indie author now. She's earning more as an indie author, but wait till you hear some of her experiences with marketing. Um, 
very, very interesting. She's painfully honest with her numbers, and that's why I highly recommend her podcast to you. But also, um, she's a great talker. Listen to her story on next week's podcast. That's going to be episode number 130 of Self-Publishing Journeys, and that will be released on Monday, the 3rd of December. I'll have another Paul's Podcast Diary update for you next Saturday. In the meantime, I hope you have a fantastic week of writing. See you soon. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.